there's a message I want to share with you today. You know, I don't know how it was growing up in your household, but my dad was pretty good about teaching my brother and I how to work. And so we had this rule that whenever we turned 16, my brother and I knew this, we were going to get a job. And I actually got a job before I turned 16. I got one of those workers permits so I could work. And, you know, growing up in my teenage years, I had a few different jobs, but one of my favorite jobs was I worked at a restaurant. They opened up a new TGI Fridays. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that or been there in Colorado Springs. And so I helped open up the store and worked there and got a few promotions. And what I quickly realized um, was that the more I worked and the harder I worked, the more money I got. And as a high school student, man, I love that, okay? So our family didn't have a lot growing up, and so being able to pay for things and get things that I wanted was so awesome. And even into my early adult years, um, even in ministry, you know, I, I worked hard, put in a lot of hours, and I noticed that, you know, I would get promoted and different things, different opportunities would open up. The harder I worked, the more I worked, the more money I got. But can I tell you, that's not a good reason to work, okay? That's not a motivating factor of the only reason why we should work. Now, that's something that happens with the hard work that we put in, but that's not a good way to live our life. And I want to challenge you in this first message of something, and it was a series that we did the middle of last year, but I feel like this is a conversation that I want to continue to have together as a church that God would help us to understand that we are called to work. And that God has called each and every one of us to do work. That, that he has given us gifts, he's given us unique talents in our life. That each of us, no matter where you're at, no matter what season of life you are in, I believe this, you are called to work. And that God has certain gifts that go along with that and certain things that come with that. And here's why this is so important. I want you to understand this. We, once again, we talked about this before. But the average person, you sitting right there, you will probably spend somewhere between 80,000 to 100,000 hours of your life working. That's a lot of hours, isn't it? 80,000. Like, I even wrote that down in my notes, and then I had to go back and check my math because I was like, that just seems crazy. 80,000 to 100,000 hours of your life working. And how do most of us work? This is horrible. I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this, right? I hate my job. This is so frustrating. Like that's, I just got to get through the work week, work week, right? It's Monday. Oh man, why isn't the weekend here? Like that's how we approach much of our lives. And that's not biblical. And that's not God's design for our life or how we're supposed to spend 80,000 to 100,000 hours of our life. Or how about this? Okay, I'm talking to the kids and students in the room. Every time your parent says, go clean your room, what do you do? This is so dumb. Why do I have to do this, right? Or you do dishes or laundry and you're frustrated and you're wondering who strewned all these toys all over my room? How did all this stuff get messy again? Why do I have to make my bed? I'm just going to lay in again tonight, right? Like all of those things. And that's not biblical. That's not reflecting Jesus. Parents, can I get an amen? Right? Like we are called to work. God has gifted each of us to work. And so I want us to look, and I want us to have that thought process, even as we start a new year, God, how do we redeem that 80,000 to 100,000 hours of our life and worship you through that? And God, what is it that you've called us to do, no matter our job, no matter our vocation, no matter what it looks like for us, how do we honor you in the midst of that? And so I want you to understand that you are called to work. We see this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. 
This is what the Apostle Paul wrote writing to the church. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as the reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, I want you to understand this. Like, we read this sometimes, and we think, okay, who's Paul talking to? Maybe we think he's talking to some pastor or some religious leader or some religious scholar, but he's not. It was probably, most historians say there were probably somewhere around 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire when Paul was writing this. So he's not writing to a prophet or some pastor or some priest. He's writing to a construction worker. He's writing to someone in retail. He's writing to someone that works to this, for the city government. He's writing for a teacher or an educator. He's writing for a home care person. Like He's writing to doctors and city officials and all these individuals. And what he is saying is, it doesn't matter what you do, you are working unto the Lord. And if he was talking to you, this is what he would say. Is, You're not just working for a manager or for your boss. It's not just the person in authority over you. You are working for Jesus so you had better be doing your absolute best. You had better be honoring God through the work that you do. Students and kids, you're not just doing those chores because your parents told you to. You are working for the Lord, so you better do it with everything inside of you because it is an act of worship to God. That's what he's reminding us of. This is who he is talking to. And so we have to erase some of those mindsets that we have of, well, this is something bad, like it's just something I have to get through to get to the good stuff. No, Paul's saying, this is us working with God. We're in partnership with God, and we get to honor God through what it is that he has called us to do. Have you ever stopped and thought about this? Most of the people you read about in the Bible, they were not employed religiously for their vocation. Sometimes we think they were because we hear about God working in their life, but that's not the majority of people. Abraham, someone I heard say he was in real estate, right? Different times in his life, he's negotiating both with family and with other individuals. He's negotiating land and property and the sale and the buying of land. That's what he did. Jacob is a rancher. He took care of farm animals. That's how he earned his livelihood. That's what he did. You look at people like Daniel and Nehemiah and Joseph. They are high up government officials. Joseph is second in the um, Egyptian empire second to Pharaoh himself, and he is negotiating and overseeing resources within the empire. He was not a pastor. He was not a priest. He was not a prophet. He had a job that he went to 40 hours a week or however many hours a week, and that's how he honored God through his life. That's how God worked through him. David was an amazing musician. This is how he became known in the nation of Israel and was even brought into the palace is through his musical skills within the arts. And then eventually he becomes king in a political... So all of these people, have you ever even thought about the life of Jesus? The majority of his life is not in religious employment. He's a carpenter. Probably somewhere from the age of 12 to 14 till his early 30s, that's what he did. He built maybe furniture, desks, chairs, tables, whatever people needed built. He was a carpenter. That was how he was employed. It wasn't until the last few years of his life. Someone said 75% of the people that we read about in scripture, they were not religiously employed. And yet God called them and God used their life and God worked mightily through them. And so I want us to look at this. And if you're taking notes and I want to encourage you to do that, there are four things that I want you to think about this morning. 
doesn't matter if you're a student, doesn't matter what kind of job vocation you have, doesn't matter if your work is at home, whatever it is, God has called each of us to do these things within the context of our work. And so if you have the Sermon Notes app, you can take that out and follow along with us or take out your phone and take some notes on there. This is the first thing I want you to realize. You are called to work. You are called to create and shape in the midst of chaos. You and I are called to create and shape in the midst of chaos. In Genesis chapter 1, we see this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And then we see this in this amazing poem. God begins to speak out of what was formless and void. And into the darkness, he brings light. I don't understand this, but he somehow separated the water in the sky from the water on the earth. And he separates water from land. And he starts to speak. And all of these amazing creatures start to come forth. Like out of what there was nothing, God begins to create. And you and I are made in the image of God. Turn to the person next to you and say that. You are called to reflect God. And so what does that mean? That you and I, out of places where there is chaos, out of places where there is disorder, you and I are called to create and shape because we were made in the image of a God who creates and who shapes and who forms out of nothing. And so that's what you're called to do in your workplace. That's what it looks like. In Genesis 2.15, this is what it says. The Lord took Adam and he put him in the Garden of Eden and he says this to him. Adam, work the garden and take care of it. One of the translations says subdue, and that word subdue means do work that is thoughtful. Do work that is intentional. Do work that you're dreaming of. And this is what that means is Adam was somewhat of an entrepreneur because there was nothing there. There are trees, right? There are brushes. There there are things like this. There are animals. And God is saying, hey, I want you to create. What can you build? There are no roads. There are no houses. There are no structure. And God is saying, what can you form out of the resources that I have given you? What can you dream of? God is wanting to partner with us to create. That is the desire of God, that we would create and shape even in the midst of chaos. What does that mean? That means if you're a teacher in this room, this isn't just about algebra problems or science problems. You are shaping the minds of those that God has given you influence over. Students, you're not just filling in the blanks on that homework or doing that science project. You are getting to create and form something and use the information and the knowledge that you have to shape something and to make something new. That's what God is calling you to do. If you're a banker, you're shaping people's finances. If you're in the business industry, you're shaping people's lives by the way that you serve them. If you're in the medical field, you're creating health and healing in people's body. You are getting to partner with Yahweh the God who creates and he invites you into his story and into his kingdom and he said I've called you that out of maybe disorder and maybe out of chaos that you would shape and create something beautiful which means each of us at the end of our work day just like Yahweh did in chapter one should be look it should be able to look at what you've done and say God this is good God this is good I've used my gifts. I've used what you've given me, God. I've taken the time and the resources and the energy that you've given me. And God, I have created something good. It's what you have made me to do. You and I are called to shape and to create even in the midst of chaos. The second thing that you're called to do in work is you are called to build a flourishing community 
wherever you are. So wherever I am, I build a flourishing community wherever I am. This is what God has called us to do. Now, I know this. Some of you guys have workplaces that are really difficult to be in. And it's just honestly where you're at. You're saying, hey, I'm in a hard place and people are always backbiting. They're gossiping about each other. They're talking about each other. They're belittling each other. But that's not what you do. You build a flourishing community. Students, I know you may say, but you don't, you're not in my classroom. You're not in the halls. You're not sitting in the cafeteria. You don't hear the way that other people talk. But that's not who you are. You build a flourishing community wherever it is that God has placed you at. Wherever it is that God has called you, you are an agent of change. You bring transformation where you are at. There's this pretty popular verse, if you've been around church for a little bit, maybe you've heard of it, or maybe you've walked through even a Hobby Lobby or someplace like that, you've seen it. It's this, in Jeremiah 29, um, it says this, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to make you prosper, right? Plans not to do you harm, but plans for a future. And we like that verse. We like to cross-stitch that, right, and put it on inspirational posters and hang it in our kitchen. We really like that. But God said something else before he ever got to that part. And it's in Jeremiah 29, 4. This is what it says. The Lord Almighty, Yahweh of Israel, says this. I carried you into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what he's telling his people. He's saying, hey, you've disobeyed me. You've turned your back on me. And so now you're in a different country. You're in a different nation. But let me tell you what I want you to do there. I want you to build houses and settle down. I want you to plant gardens and eat what they produce. Eat from the work of your hands. Marry, have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and daughters. Give them in marriage. Have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. And look at this. And seek for the peace and prosperity of the city into which I have carried you into exile. Pray to me for that city because if it prospers, you will prosper. What he's saying is, is you're in a culture and you're in a place that doesn't think like you, that doesn't believe like you, that doesn't believe in who I am or in the scriptures or any of that. And yet I have placed you there for a specific reason. And I want you to pray that that place prospers, that that place grows, that that place is a representation of me. Because as it prospers, you also are going to prosper. And so you're right, your workplace may be very difficult, but that's why God's put you there. Don't look for the way out. Yes, you may be in a classroom, students, where it's very hard and it doesn't seem like anyone else in that classroom believes like you or thinks like you. Yeah, that's why God put you there. You are meant to be a representation of him. And so what do you do when you're getting up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth? Yes, kids, you should brush your teeth every morning, okay? You're doing that. You're praying for your class. You're praying for that teacher, right? You're praying for your math class or science class or social studies or whatever. Adults, as you're driving to work, right, it's not just radio time. You're praying that your business would prosper. You're praying that where you work and where your employment is, that God would do something through your life that would change other people. That is what he's saying. Wherever you are at, pray that it would flourish, that you would be in a flourishing community because you are there. That's what you and I are called to do. That's what he's talking about with peace, that there would be delight in the work. This is what I was thinking of as I was picturing this, as every day you and I get to go into our workplace, wherever that is, 
could be in your home, could be across town, it may be all the way across Dallas area, and you and I get to be around other people, and we get this beautiful opportunity to pull back the curtain to the kingdom of God. And people that are living broken lives, people that are hurting, other students that sit beside you in the classroom whose family is going through a difficult time, you and I get to pull back the curtain and say, this is what God was dreaming of. Do you know how you do that? You do that through your life. You do that through the way that you love people. You do that through the work that you do, students, by actually doing your homework, by doing that project that your boss gave you or that your manager gave you. By the way that you serve others, you change the community around you. This is what he is saying. He has called you to do the work that he has given you to do. And it's more than just the sales or a transaction that you have to do. It's more than fixing something. It's more than just managing a team. You are called to bring people together in a community that's flourishing because it's a representation of what God is dreaming of us, his kingdom. The third thing is this. You are called in your work to bring light wherever there is darkness. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and verse 16 says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying that the work that you do could bring glory to God. The way that you work, the way that you honor God and worship God through your work could actually show and reveal who God is to people around you. It's a demonstration of that. Jesus is saying you're like a city on a hill that's shining bright in the midst of darkness, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hard times. You are showing other people what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And we realize this, Ephesians 6, 12, Paul's talking to the church. Once again, people in the trade industry, people that are lawyers, doctors, people in the marketplace, this is what he says. Your struggle's not against flesh and blood. I know you think your manager is difficult to deal with. Students, your third period teacher, she's always getting on your case, right? But he's saying that's not where your struggle is. It's against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of darkness in this world against the spiritual evils in the heavenly realms. He said, I want you to remember, it's not another person that you're battling. That's not where the difficulty comes in. You are the light to the world. You bring light even in the midst of darkness. The fourth thing is this right here. You are called to work because we enjoy a rhythm of work and Sabbath. This is part of your calling. In the work that you do, honoring God through this, is that we enjoy a rhythm of work and Sabbath. This is part of the calling of work that you have. I want you to think about this. When God is speaking to his people about this, they had been slaves for 400 years. Okay, I'm guessing the majority of us got a little break over Christmas, maybe a day or two off, maybe a little bit longer. Can you imagine 400 years with no days off? They're slaves. And they're under this mindset because of 400 years of slavery and working and no days off. Your worth and your value is what you produce. And God brings them out of that. And listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 5.12. I've given you the Sabbath day. Observe it by keeping it holy as I have commanded you. Six days you shall labor, do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. So on it you shall not do any work, neither you 
your sons or your daughters, your male or female servants, your oxen, your donkey, your animals, any foreigner residing in your town, any male or female servants, they are going to rest just as you do on that seventh day. Remember this, you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. What is he saying? He's saying, I've set aside one day. It's a gift to you. Okay, this is a gift to you because I need you to remind yourself your identity isn't by what you produce. It's not. Your identity and your worth and your value as a person isn't just how good you can do at your job. Your identity and your worth is in me. Your life is work is, is more than just the work that you do. That's what he's saying. So every seven days, pause. Stop working. Remember who I am. Remember, I'm the one that controls everything. And even when you stop working, God's still working. He's still moving on your behalf. He's still making things happen. And he's saying, I want you to realize that I'm in control. You're not in control. You don't need to work all the time. Your life is more than that. And so we observe this rhythm of work and then rest. Work and then rest because our life is more than just the work that we do. Some of us misunderstand this, but in Mark 2, 27, Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And there are so many followers of Jesus that thought, well, that's Jesus saying we shouldn't observe the Sabbath. We shouldn't have a Sabbath. No, he was correcting their thinking. And he's saying it's not a legalistic thing. Like it's not just some law you have to do. This is a gift from God. And he's saying, I didn't create a day and then think, what do I do with that day? Okay, I'll make men and women to kind of fulfill that day. No, he's saying, I created man and woman. And then I gave them a day of rest. It's a gift for me. You and I are called to observe this rhythm. If you don't observe it, you will burn out. Your life will crash. You'll be susceptible to failure, to moral issues in your life because God says you have to stop working sometimes and just remember that I am in control. Your identity is more than what you do or what you can produce. That's a Pharaoh mentality. That's an old way of thinking. And he's saying, I'm calling you into something new. It doesn't matter what your job is. That's your calling to shape and create in the midst of chaos. That you would create a flourishing community wherever you are. You would be the light in the midst of darkness. And you would have this rhythm of both work, doing your best, honoring God, worshiping Him through what He's given you to do, and also rest in your life. That's your calling, church. That's what God has called each and every one of us to do. And my prayer for you, my prayer for each and every one of us, is that we would redeem the 80,000 to 100,000 hours of work and it wouldn't be a drudgery, and it wouldn't be misery, and it wouldn't be pain, but we would realize, God, we get to partner with you in the midst of what you have called us to do. So church, I'm here this morning to remind you, you are called. In 2022, you are called by God to the work that he has given you to do. And so we're going to do something a little different as we start to close this service this morning is, we're going to honor people that are called in this room. And we're going to celebrate you in God's calling over your life. And then we're going to pray together and challenge each other 
with what God has called us to do. And so this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to explain this and then we're going to do this. I'm going to call out different categories. And if you're here um, and you're worshiping with us this morning, I want you to stand if you fall under that category of work. Okay, you may be by yourself and worshiping alone in your living room or kitchen. And if you're able to, I want you to stand up. In church, this is what I'm going to need you to do. I may call out a category. You may look around this room and no one's standing, but I still need you to cheer and celebrate. Because there may be someone worshiping with us online that we can't see, that we want to honor the gifts that God has placed in their life, okay? So we're going to do that. Can we do that together as a church family? Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. So if this is you, I want you to stand up. We want to honor the calling of God in your life. If you work in the business industry, this is what I mean. You're an owner, you're a manager, you're in accounting, you're in finance, you work in a business office, you're an engineer, you're an architect. Would you go ahead and stand up this morning? You are called by God. We celebrate that. Okay, go ahead. You can sit back down. If you're in education, you're a teacher, you're a college professor, you're an administration, support staff, security staff, if you're a student... If you work in a preschool, would you go ahead and stand this morning? Any of you guys, we honor the calling of God in your life. Go ahead and sit back down. If maybe you're in the service or retail industry, you're a waiter, you work in the sales department, you work with food or beverage, custodian, beautification, cosmetology. If you're a pilot, a driver, a bus driver, would you go ahead and stand? Anyone in the service retail industry? We honor the calling of God over your life. We celebrate you. Go ahead and sit down. For any of our city workers or government workers, sanitation, policemen, firemen, transit, postal workers, city office, military, city administration, if you're a judge, if you're a lawyer, you work as a city clerk um, clerk in the county office, would you go ahead and stand up? Anyone that works in that department, we honor you and the call of God over your life. Thank you for what you do. You can be seated. This morning, if you're with, with us or worshiping online, if you're in the construction or trade industry, you're a builder, a carpenter, a plumber, electrician, you work in sales in any of the trade or construction industry, you're an architect or a building engineer, would you go ahead and stand up this morning? We honor the call of God over your life. Thank you for what you do. If you're in the arts, you're a writer, you're a musician, you're a creator, you work in graphic design or marketing, theater, you're a painter, any of those in the arts industry, would you stand? We honor the call of God over your life. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. If you work in the service industry, as far as a service worker, nonprofit, religious industry, if you're a counselor, a pastor, nonprofit, social worker, would you stand up? Because we honor the call of God over your life. Thank you for what you do. You are a blessing to the kingdom of God. Now here's this one. For some of you, you're in transition. You may be unemployed. You may be at home. Um, you may be retired. Okay, so kind of your full-time vocation or occupation. What you did, that time has kind of come, but you still have work to do. If that's you, if you're in transition or you're retired, would you stand up this morning? Because we honor the work that God has called you to do. 
If you're in the home industry, maybe you care for an elderly relative, maybe you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom, maybe you stay at home and take care of your family, and so your work is within your household. Would you stand this morning? We honor the work that God has called you to do. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the gifts. And just in case I miss anyone else, if you have any other work you do and you have not stood, would you go ahead and stand up this morning because we honor the work that God has called you to do and what it is that God uses your life for. Thank you for the gifts and the calling of God in your life. Now we're going to respond one more way this morning. And so if you're here in the room in person, in the seat in front of you, there's a little metal grade. Or if you're right here on the front row, these cards are right underneath your seat. If you would just take this in your hand for a moment. And if you're worshiping online and you can get to the NCC Sermon app, the notes right there, maybe you're following along with us. This card right here, what I'm about to say is right there online. And so you can get that, print that out. We can also make this available this week. But this is just the commissioning card. Students, you are called into full-time ministry with Jesus in your workplace, like in your schools, what you're doing. Adults, wherever you work, in the home, whatever your job is, occupation, you are called to partner with Jesus. And so what we've talked about this morning, it's just a reminder. I'm called to create and shape in the midst of chaos. I'm called to build a flourishing community. I'm called to bring light in the midst of darkness. I'm called to enjoy the rhythm of work and Sabbath in my life. So this is just a reminder. And I'm going to take and just pray this over each of us. That as we enter 2022, we would enter our workplace, our schools, our homes differently. Remembering God, we get to partner with you. Yahweh, we get to be a part of what you're doing in the world. You have called us and gifted us. It doesn't matter what we do, God, we get to honor you. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Just take that in your hands and just pray that God help me to realize that. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. Lord, I say thank you for your calling, God. I thank you for each and every person in this room, each and every child and student, God, that goes to school. I thank you for everyone worshiping online, God. You have called us to be a part of your kingdom, to partner with you, God, to honor you through what it is that we do. And so I pray that as we go back into our schools, as we go back into our workplace, God, we want to represent you well. We want to reflect you. And so I pray that help us to see our work as the ability to shape and to create and to form, God, and to be a part of what it is that you're doing. Let us bring light in the midst of very dark places, God. Let us bring flourishing communities where there is brokenness and gossip and hurt, God, that we get to heal people and we get to honor people in that way, Lord. Help us, God, to find that rhythm of both, both working hard and worshiping you through our work, God, and also resting and honoring the Sabbath and acknowledging who you are, God. That's the kind of church that we want to be. That's the kind of people that we want to be, Lord. So I pray that over each and every one of us, God. Let us live that out because you have called us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can you just put your hands together and celebrate? 